Okay, we're running. It's been a while to coordinate all of us together. Well, not that we're we're remotely together, I guess, not all really in the same room. But um, sometimes, no. <laughs> yeah, don't want to see just me. Just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just been hard to get everybody together uh, with us being all busy because summertime is quite busy for plants and landscaping. But uh, we're trying our best to still release somewhat regular episodes for our listeners. So today, uh, I guess we'll start by uh, catching up on what's everybody been doing? Uh, work. <laughs> work. Um, yeah, like, I mean, me and Kevin have been busy past couple of weeks doing some projects, and I think they've been going pretty well so far. You need um, to be confident. They are going very well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, like... Sure. Yes. They're they're going great. Yeah, no, it's just been nice to actually, you know, go out and <laughs> actually, you know, some plants in and do some work on some projects. It's been it's been nice. And the weather hasn't been too bad. I mean, it's been on the hotter side, but again, it's not as bad That's as That's an understatement. It just I mean, it's just cooled one. off recently. <laughs> mm-hmm. nothing, nothing like almost 40 degrees. Woo! And the yeah. smoke. Oh my god, the smoke. Yeah, that's the new the, problem now. <laughs> yes, from uh it was briefly, we had our, our peatland start up again by uh, Tomahawk there, but then all this stuff blowing in from BC has made it just really, ugh. You get up in the morning and you don't know if your eyes are open or closed. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I didn't come to Canada for that. I escaped China. Yeah, you were trying to get away from that, didn't weren't you? I realized <laughs> I came to Canada for this kind of stuff. So you know what I did? I ended up buying a air purifier. Uh huh. I they're gonna say so. All these masks from COVID, we're just putting filters in them now. (laughs) We're using those. But anyway, yeah, they're useful now. (laughs) Yeah, still keep them going. Yeah, don't have to Um, throw your masks out quite yet. And then, of course, on top of the fires, it's been so dry. I mean, I guess in Edmonton, there you've got more moisture than we have. We got a little bit of kind of English mist drizzle again this morning. And between that and the cooler temperatures, it's a little better, but we really, really need like some, a good soaking because it's so dry. Like we haven't mowed, we've got little tree saplings coming up in the lawn, but we're just letting it be until we get moisture. Because if we mow now, it's just going to turn to desert. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, but apart from that, um, yeah, with the COVID restrictions lifting, We've actually tentatively started going out and doing a few things. We went out for dinner the first time since COVID started. Um, And we realized uh, if you go out to dinner, you have to be patient because a lot of these places have not been open fully for a long time. A lot of them aren't properly staffed right now, and they're just getting back into the groove. So... Um, no, I demand peak service like it was before. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not taking... uh... (laughs) <laughs> any flack from anybody if they tell me otherwise no yeah i think people need to understand that yeah people are still now trying to readjust to you know back to some sort of normalcy and back to you know being able to serve people again and also there's staff shortages too yeah like, yeah yeah well and then, and then even if don't they have, have enough people like, yeah and even if they have staff then it's the train like this poor little guy like I say little, he wasn't exactly little, but young so like he couldn't even mm-hmm. grow facial hair you know and obviously well, this is one of his first one of the this is one of his first jobs and he's serving and he's got to run around and do all these tables because obviously the owner can't afford to have it fully staffed yet but everybody wants to come out so there's lots of people 
and this guy's running around trying to keep his orders on the tablet and everything else. And, you know, just simple things like we had to ask for water about five times and we were wondering when we were ever going to get our meal and all this kind of stuff. And part of me wanted to get angry, you know, because you're paying part of your, what you're doing is paying for service. But under the circumstances, I'm like, yeah, I think we just got to give them some time to get trained. If this is happening six months or more down the road, then yeah, there's a problem. But for now, it's like, you know, like I say, just try to be patient and let people get trained and back up to speed and hiring and everything else. Because it's been rough. Like I'm so many places have permanent closed. Like they're, they've gone bankrupt, right? So anybody who can mm-hmm. be open. But I didn't catch no. that either. I said, if it's slow, if the service oh, is it's slow. Oh. slow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you could tip them over, right? No. <laughs> anyway. Um, and then what was the other thing? Oh, yeah. We went to a movie for the first time too. And we weren't sure if we were going to still be, you know, socially distancing in the seats or whatever. But as it was... There was only six people in the entire theater, so we didn't have to worry. <laughs> Woo. It was kind of cool. It was like, yay, theater all to ourselves. Yay. But yeah, I, I also. Movie too. Did you? That was, that was a nice feeling <laughs> getting back to that. Yeah. It, it may, just these little things, it makes you feel normal. Um, I did find out, though. Well, I mean, it's always been more expensive, but I don't know if they're boosting the prices of the concession stuff even more now to make up for the ticket prices. But I sat there going, uh, we just paid almost $25 for a popcorn and drinks for three people. What? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. That's why you s- sneak your own stuff in. <laughs> Not that I condone it, but nah, nah. Well, and you I know, would never do it myself. When I was younger and had jackets with lots of pockets and stuff, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, for starters, we were just going in there because there was air conditioning. So we weren't definitely not wearing jackets or anything to hide. (laughs) And now we weren't going to do that. We're like, well, you know, the, the movie theater part doesn't really support local because it's a big company that owns it Canada wide sort of thing. But um, supporting the concession, there are people there locally working. So we're like, okay, put this 25 bucks to good use there guys. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, um, it's, it's been interesting. Oh, and then, yeah, Dan, you didn't even mention we got to do some jamming. Yeah, that was nice being able to. Yeah, we've done it a few times now. Yeah, and yeah, it's just nice just on the deck, but it's it's nice to be able to get together yeah. and have a few meals. And um, we're even getting remote texts from some of the neighbors ask requesting to play certain songs because obviously they're out on their porches listening. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, God. can you oh, play no. some of this? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, well, at least you're listening and not watching us yet, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, it's yeah, been, we're, it's been we're building up our stage presence. To, yeah, to yeah, we're working on some songs and, and things are starting to come together. And I don't think it'll be too long before we have songs that are actually playable in public. And then we just got to get a good set list of 20 or so, so we can at least do more than five minutes of playing a night. And it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Do you have Ed Sheeran on the list yet? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're the one singing no, I'll, on that, I'll, right? I'll compile some and then. I'm sure Dan can play yeah, we'll, it. I we'll just get it on singing. There. It's not easy to sing and play at the same time. But anyway, we're working on So who's the singer? Your singer only sings and doesn't play? Oh, no, 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 no. Everybody has to do everything in this group. There's no slouchers. No slackers. Nope. <laughs> as much so, as I try to get out of singing. 
Yeah, we can't we can't afford to have a, a separate person for each thing. We're not that big of a band. <laughs> so how it's was like, it uh, playing it in the smoke the other day? Actually, it, it was wasn't fine. too bad. It it kind of uh, seemed no. like the smoke settled settled out some um, because the temperature cooled off a bit and um, there was a bit of a breeze and some a little bit of rain or whatever earlier in the day. So I think it pushed some of the smoke out. But and besides that, the smoke makes it better to sing ACDC, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> get the nice raspiness going yeah so but no actually it wasn't too bad but anyway we'll be uh doing that again this friday i guess so that'll be cool hopefully one of these times uh kevin actually comes out because i think he's just starting to make all these excuses like oh yeah he just doesn't want to come out and, and listen to us <laughs> yeah maybe we'll see <laughs> <laughs> So what you're saying is we have to drag you out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Either either that or he's saving it up. I'll he's been secretly yeah. practicing his guitar and then he'll come <laughs> out and he'll be this like stellar player and put us all to shame or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> no, last time it was really the stupid smoke. I couldn't handle that. I have inhaled smoke 20 years in my life. I cannot do it anymore. Not like yeah, you guys. Fair enough. Your tolerance is... <laughs> Yeah, we're just getting started. <laughs> yeah. Just a no, little bit. That's good. My lawn is full of, full of smoke. If it comes again, I'm going to probably die. Well, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, I guess on that note, we should probably just get to it. I think my understanding is today we're probably going to be doing uh, kind of green scene and plant adventure guide stuff. Uh, shorter yeah. bit episode because uh, we have been so busy working. It's been harder to pull together the, the bigger episodes, but the more of those will be coming as well. But in the meantime, um, so who wants to start? Do you have a, a news article or something you want to, something in the news you want to start with? Or Sure, yeah, I got one. Um, yeah, I kind of had it from last week, but it wasn't really all put together. But now I kind of have it, for the most part, all together. So I'll go with that. And it kind of ties in with uh, all this heat that we're getting <laughs> so yeah uh, we'll start off with yeah so the title of it is humidity and heat combos becoming fatal yay <laughs> fatal that's always a great subject <laughs> <laughs> yeah this comes from the earth institute at uh, columbia university and when was this post i think this was posted uh last year uh may yeah may of last year so just when we were getting into uh, coronavirus stuff because they kind of talk about it a little bit, which is kind of interesting. I think this was the first article I actually read where they <laughs> kind of mentioned uh, addressing the coronavirus stuff and how that kind of factors in a little bit into uh, some aspects of it. But anyways, uh, yeah, so they were doing a study um, just kind of looking at uh, instances of extreme heat and humidity uh, that have already occurred. And I think their starting point was uh, data was from, I think, 1979 up until, I think, you know, late 2019, early 2020, looking at kind of the trajectory of where uh, heat and humidity is going to be going. And surprise, surprise, where do you guys think it's going to go? Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it's never going to stop, but it just keeps getting, uh, keeps getting higher and worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what are you saying? Yeah, these instances have reached uh, levels past human survivability thresholds. I'm sorry, this is going to be a dour, <laughs> dour article. Because oh, <laughs> they don't think they had anything really like 
positive or solutions. Yay, Kevin will have <laughs> to just dump was... a funeral march in here. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put like Imperial Death March or something in the background line. Yeah, because they say, well, they have been, um, these instances have been localized and around for, you know, a couple hours at certain points. Trends and... <laughs> We're sorry. Trends <laughs> indicate that uh, they will increase in duration and severity as you know time goes on. Because like some researchers have said that oh this isn't going to happen until you know kind of closer to the end of this century. But now uh, with this particular study, they're saying nope, it's it's already happening. It's been happening. Yeah, it's going to continue to get worse. Well, do you really need a study for that? I mean, look outside. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I get it. They want to know, know that it's not just a one-time thing. They're looking for overall trends and stuff too. So, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, actually, it's uh, funny that you're talking about that because I realized you guys did that episode with about the the heat, um, and it just triggered a whole bunch of these news articles that I came across that are about the heat, the climate change, and everything, and the the different effects that people aren't realizing it, they're all connected. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, so you've got to start looking at, okay, now that we're seeing all these things and realizing they are all connected. Now, the big question is, what do we do to slow this down, change things, you know, switch it so it's going the other way instead of up, things start to go down a little without turning into the, you know, end of the world deep freeze scenario either. Um, Yeah. What was that movie? Day after tomorrow? Yeah, we don't want one of those. Or, or again, the uh, what was <laughs> oh, it? Was the snow piercer, the train. Thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll try fix it. Oops, went too far. <laughs> and now we're stuck on a train forever. Yeah. Uh, funny. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Had you, had you finished with that one, or did you have more to add to that? Oh no, I still got a little oh. more. Oh, okay. Sorry. Go go ahead. Because I'm just I've got all these things piling up in the back of my head now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so actually, no. So the data came from, or was in between the time period, 1979 to 2017. So not quite up until 2020, but up until 2017. Um, and it was kind of just showing uh, kind of where the hardest hit areas on Earth are located. And they were kind of located, what they showed was it was kind of along coastlines, gulfs, straits where there's higher evaporation rates and providing higher moisture levels. So you think of areas like the southern United States, like Louisiana, mm-hmm. Florida, Alabama, Texas. And, of course, you're hearing about all these, you know, uh, higher than normal um, flood events, mm-hmm. especially like now. Um, and, yeah, other places like India, uh, northwestern Australia, Bangladesh. So, yeah, just kind of think of all these kind of coastal yeah. gulf areas where there's uh, the countries are along. That's kind of where the where you see the higher levels of this kind of high heat and high humidity uh, scenarios happening. Well, yeah, because that's a good point. So not, harder. not every area is going to experience the same scenarios, right? Like we're getting the fires and the drought and those kind of things here, but those coastal areas are getting the higher humidity and the flooding. So it can be all over across the map, just depending on where you are and what's going on, right? Yeah, like we're getting like dry, like we get dry heat, like yeah. very dry heat here and all these other places are getting yeah, the more humid heat, which, um, yeah, this article study kind of looks more into kind of the humidity side of it, not so much uh, the dry heat side of it. But anyways, um, 
So yeah, the approach to the climate data in this particular study was different from previous studies from different universities and research gr groups. Uh, is that while researchers looked at averages of heat and humidity measured over large areas and multiple hours, the research for this study was done on individual weather stations and analyzed at uh, every hour interval. So they kind of looked a little more closely at um, kind of the differences of the heat and humidity um, data that was occurring. And yeah, doing that at an hour interval. So like they have a lot of data. Yeah, which, more much more yeah. detailed and precise. Mm -hmm. Whereas like these other studies, and I'm sure there's other places that are going into great detail too with looking at weather stations at maybe, yeah, a uh, greater interval or, you know, at hour intervals or something a little more um, precise than kind of this broad overall, you know, over months or annually or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, this particular one was, yeah, looking at it a little more closely. So the data was a little more, um, yeah, a little more precise and you could actually kind of see the trends, um, you know, kind of on a day-to-day -day thing on an hour-to-hour -hour basis, which I think was kind of interesting. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the background for the study. And then they kind of just get into kind of how a little bit more on the humidity and how that kind of affects us as humans. So they're just kind of saying, well, humans sweat to keep body temperatures cool uh, through sweat being evaporated and taking the heat away. That's kind of the basic process cooler, yeah. when you're sweating <laughs> to keep your body cool. So with high humidity, the evaporation rate of sweat uh, to leave a person's body slows down because the air is already pretty moisture laden. There's yeah. so much moisture already in the air that um, evaporation is happening a lot slower than if there wasn't as much humidity occurring. And in most extreme cases, evaporation of sweat could stop completely because if, you know, if the, if it's a hundred percent saturation, like humidity saturation of the air, um, then it starts raining you're not, and you're still sweating and you're not accomplishing anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So like evaporation of your sweat could stop and could lead to serious health issues and potentially death. Cause well, yeah, cause you're basically you're overheat, to, right? Yeah, exactly. Cause if you're not able to cool off through sweat, like you're, <laughs> it's almost like being boiled alive in your own sweat. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Doesn't that just sound lovely? Um, so yeah, that's kind of just yeah, little snippet of sweat and evaporation, humidity kind of tying together. Uh, and then they kind of get into a little more about um, wet bulb temperatures, which you don't really hear about as much when you're you know looking at weather, kind of your general weather for you know whatever particular day you're looking at. Uh, but yeah, wet bulb temperatures are kind of what measure the heat and humidity effect. Mm -hmm. So you might hear it more referred to as uh as the heat index or like a real field temperature readings so you know you on your weather app or whatever wherever you get your weather from they might say it's you know 22 degrees but feels, feels like, like yeah 26 um so that's kind of where that wet bulb temperature kind of comes from because it's accounting for um uh, the humidity yeah. and also kind of just how you're actually going to feel that temperature versus what your measurement you get from, you know, kind of more conventional um, uh, temperature gauge, I guess right. you'd say. Um, so, yeah, the article was saying that about th around 32 degrees Celsius, uh, humans begin to struggle with normal ac outdoor activities. And again, that's it's a rough estimate. I mean, yeah, 32, it gets <laughs> that's pretty like, I mean, God, I think when we were doing one of our projects last week, 
yeah, I was about that temperature. And it's like, yeah, it's, and we it's hot. And, huh? And we almost died. <laughs> well, just everything's yeah, I guess. slower and ha- I mean, it was harder a struggle. to do. And um, you feel like mm-hmm. it's harder to breathe and it's just, it, you get tired quicker. Like, yeah, it's. Yeah, you just, yeah, you get exhausted more and you just like, you just want to cool off. Like, you just want to sit in a pool of ice or something. I think that's how bit. hot yoga works, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, just get get all the toxins and just get really hot. You don't have to work as hard to get the same exercise, and then off we go to the shower. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, they say at approximately thirty five degrees Celsius is considered a theoretical survivability limit. Of, I mean, you. I mean, we've been outside when it's especially that one. Yeah, it's just uh, you're not doing anything at that where it was just super hot. (laughs) But like, they're basically saying if you're outside without like air conditioning or any other way to kind of yeah, cool yourself down and you have a lot of humidity yeah um kind of past that 35 degrees celsius you're getting to that dangerous territory of like you know you're more prone to heat stroke and yeah. all these other issues that could occur um um so yeah they uh, and then they kind of just kind of close it off with yeah saying that research has found that wet bulb temperatures over 30 degrees celsius have doubled since 1979 up until 2017 um, and then in the U.S., heat-related issues account for the majority of weather-related hazards towards humans compared to floods, hurricanes, and cold temperatures from snow and whatnot. Um, and then research has also found that countries that were more well-off and could afford to implement, you know, things like air conditioning and just mm-hmm. even have, you know, reliable uh, access to electricity had far less heat-related deaths compared to poorer countries. Yeah. So I think they were just using an example. Like, even in Europe, you think, well, they're pretty well off. You wouldn't really consider them a poor country. But if you compare that to United States and even, I would say, even Canada, that I think we have more air conditioning usage than a place like Europe. And I think the other one that they were talking about was Russia, I think, too. Like, those places just didn't have as much uh, air conditioning implemented into households. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot, they could see more trends in uh, heat-related deaths than kind of, yeah, places in North America. Yeah. Well, in some places, uh, this might be the first time they're really experiencing this too, right? Like, we're used to, it gets really cold in the winter, it can get fairly hot in the summer, so we have things for both, right? But there's these places like, I mean, look at Texas when uh, they got snow and everything froze. They had no heaters, no... They, they couldn't cope with it, right? Because they don't get that. So the same thing could happen going the other way if places are usually, you know, warm-ish during the summer but not known for being notoriously hot. Uh, they may not normally have air conditioners and things to cope with the high heat and the humidity, right? So... Yeah, like it's... Yeah, it's just things that you're not really uh, used to and prepared for. So when they kind of come out of nowhere, if you're not really paying attention, then yeah, like it's... It hits you harder. And even here, like when we had this, you know, heat wave this year, like for how much, um, well, I mean, there was a huge uptick in people trying to get uh, portable AC units and whatnot. Oh, yeah, just because we're, we're selling not used to having, stores. yeah, we're not used to having yeah, this kind of heat of for so long. Because usually we're like, okay, well, no, we'll have maybe a few days yeah, worth. and then we'll, we'll be okay again. And then I'll kind of yeah. go back to, you know, maybe your high 20s and mid 20s. And, you know, that's kind of your normal uh, summer temperatures, kind of how high it gets. And then, you know, we'll get some rain every so often. But yeah, but this year it's like, no, we yeah. just 
been constantly having heat for you know the past couple of weeks and yeah oh, right yeah. now it's kind of cooling off but uh apparently it's supposed to <laughs> get back to being super hot i think in mid-august or something we well and the other issue weeks, is everything's so. attached so the power usage goes up when you're using these mm-hmm. cooling devices they had uh th- like they were asking people to ration their use of power in the in the city and stuff because it could brown out the grid so mm-hmm. Um, you know, just imagine if everybody's using it all at the same time. It's kind of like everybody putting their Christmas lights all on at once or something, right? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so there's a lot of different ramifications for it, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, so yeah, that was kind of it for that one. Yeah, well, that's actually, it's interesting because uh, it sort of ties into a couple of mine, too. Also with, again, what you guys uh, recorded in your last podcast about the heat wave. Um, so it made me think of all the things that we don't think of that can be related to having a, uh, a heat wave or, a, uh, an issue like this for a prolonged period of time. So one of them was actually from CBC from July 6th, seems so long ago now, but <laughs> it basically was when this heat wave started, um, so every year there is a certain degree of of fish kill that occurs naturally in some of our river systems and lakes and things and usually that's because later in the summer it gets hotter maybe there's not as much wind the water stagnates and you get the algae blooms which reduces the oxygen levels and then the fish actually believe it or not suffocate um and a, a certain percentage of them may die off through this and then the rest go on to survive for the next season or whatever. Um, but this year, because of the prolonged period of the heat wave and the extra high temperatures, um, it caused an earlier and larger uh, fish kill in places like Wabaman, Lac St. Anne, um, and even the river systems. Because you think rivers, well, it's moving water. It'll stay colder, right? But even with, with them, the water reflecting on the surface and heating up the banks uh, for a prolonged period, there's places that are going to be fairly warm for those cold water loving species too. Um, mm-hmm. Now they're saying it's not an immediate threat because of course people are freaking out going, Oh my God, look at all the dead fish. Uh, that's the first thing that they see, but the experts are saying it's not an immediate threat because there are actually millions of fish overall in Alberta and back uh, when would it have been between the the fifties to the seventies, uh, mm-hmm. There were some massive fish kills throughout those periods because people didn't know what they're learning now about the um, the phosphates, the fertilizers, and nitrogen, all that stuff going into the water systems as runoff from other areas and from feedlots and all this kind of stuff that that was an issue. And now um, it's more common sense that those things are issues. So there's been procedures put into place to mitigate that, right? And so on the bright side, a lot of these water bodies are a lot cleaner and and supporting much bigger, better fish populations than they were back through the 50s to 70s period. Because of that also, it looks worse when we're having one of these kill events because there's that many more fish. So if you Mm -hmm. have a certain percentage of a million fish versus a certain percentage of 100,000 fish, it's going to be more fish, right? So it's a lot more noticeable with the water bodies being more, more restored than they would have been back in the day kind of thing. 
but um, it does also show, like you were talking about, uh, it's something to keep in mind that there is a trend. These heat waves could become more frequent um, and higher temperatures, that kind of thing. So as the, as the weather events become more extreme, then obviously there could be more of these fish kills happening. So it's, again, everything, I keep saying everything's connected. I sound like Dirk's gently or whatever, but it's true. Like <laughs> if you get your water systems uh, cl- clean and healthy and doing their thing and the plants and the, and the animals and those systems healthy, and then you get your forests doing what they're supposed to be doing and your grasslands and all these different ecosystems doing what they're supposed to do, then collaboratively uh, they sequester a lot more carbon and start to ease some of these these drastic fluctuations that we're having. But when each one is just getting hammered on left, right, and center, um, it's hard to recover, let alone get past that and um, actually fix the the issues that we're having. But, um, but anyway, yeah, that's the so thing. that it's, was... It's trying to... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was, go ahead. I was, I was basically done my rant there. No, I was just going <laughs> to kind of add on to that, really, or just reiterate what you were kind of saying was, yeah, like, I mean, if we can protect and keep these natural ways of being able to, like you said, like sequester carbon and all these other added environmental goods and services, being able to keep those going and even being able to grow them. I mean, that would be great, but even just trying to keep the ones that we still have now, um, like that's a natural way that you really don't have to think much about, uh, you know, maintaining those like other than, you know, make sure that, you know, these natural systems still, you know, are still natural and you don't have all this kind of human interference in it. And that just lessens how much we as humans have to figure out, okay, how do we, (laughs) how do we, you know, reduce levels of, you know, greenhouse gases and all these other things and carbon getting into the atmosphere and whatnot. Um, And um, yeah, having these higher temperatures and whatnot. So um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh... I'm just rambling. No, that's okay. Uh, and then along along with that, so there's this, another article through National Geographic from July 14th of this year. Um, and this is funny because it, it actually talks about snow, which very few people are thinking of right now. <laughs> but ironically, some of the uh, desert areas, like down in Mexico and um, other places, so because... The desert areas are expanding. There's more dust flying around. And then when you get these drought-like conditions, just it just amplifies it. And so a lot of this dust is now getting deposited on um, adjacent areas into the snowpacks. Because believe it or not, a lot of times there will be a desert next to a mountainous area. And uh, mm-hmm. so you can have the, the hot dry down below and then you can have the snowpacks up up in the mountain ranges. But anyway, so these snowpacks are getting quite dirty now, uh, filled with the dust blowing in from the desert areas. And you wouldn't think that's a huge problem other than don't want to drink the the water, the snow from those areas, maybe now because it's dirty. But actually, the, um, the dust or the dirt absorbs the heat from the sun. And so now these snowpacks are melting at a faster rate. <laughs> 
So you can see what that oh, will yeah. do because now the melt process gets speed speeded up. And it's so now it's not just the springtime normal melting of the snowpack as the earth tilts and gets closer to the sun like it does in the spring. It's it's now happening faster because of the heat retention in the in the dust on the snowpack. So the snowpacks are shrinking. There's more water getting dumped into the river systems and everything. But now it's also dirty, like silty water. Uh, so again, for the wildlife, like let's say the fish or whatever, the dirty water, lower oxygen, um, they can't thrive as well in that. Um, other animals, again, for the drinking part of it, um, it's not just the dust. Quite often there's other contaminants that might get in. And so now your water supply might be contaminated and they drink it and who knows what happens. They may not die, but it might affect them somehow. And um, because it's happening yeah, so rapidly. Water. Yeah, great water. But because it's happening so rapidly now, and then these rivers, what do they do? They go through and then they filter into the oceans. By the time you get to the ocean part, there's a lot of basically dirty water getting dumped into the ocean with all kinds of sediment and different um, possible contaminants. And the volume of water. So now all the water that you should have had coming more slowly all summer long to the, getting deposited to those different areas um, along the river's trail, now it's just gone a lot faster and it's out in the ocean and not accessible in those other areas. So then it just perpetuates the whole drought situation again, right? So, you don't um, have that kind of slow yeah, burn, um, I guess. Well, it's it's uh, a lot like... Slow like, flow, I guess. Slow flow. Ooh, slow flow. Well, it's like um, when I lived down in Black Diamond uh, in 2013, we had that big massive flood, right? It just, the perfect storm, there was that rain on the snowpack, turned it to a giant slurpee, and it just came down the mountainside through the rivers, bursting the banks a lot, in, with a lot more volume and, and quicker than it normally would. And so, yes, momentarily you get the flooding and everything, but after it's gone, then there's actually a lot less water. So, so yeah, um, all these funny little things that you think have nothing to do with each other actually end up coming back to that same climactic change thing. And it's kind of crazy. But um, on again, on the bright side, there's a lot of different things that people can do that... I mean, one person can't solve the whole problem, but if everybody does their part, whether it's coming up with a new energy solution or whether it's planting a few plants or whatever, just do something and it'll all come together and help the, the world as a whole, right? Because no one thing is going to fix the world in its state. It's going to be a combination of a whole bunch of things. But yeah, I just found that was crazy. It's like, oh, it's not just the hot and the stuff in the summer it's like the snow too like everything's just <laughs> <laughs> but, just kind of uh, catch a break yep thank you for tuning in uh remember to like leave a comment subscribe or hunt you down <laughs>